Welcome to Redefining Balance for Working Moms podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Uh, Yes, even for you. You might just have to redefine what it looks like for yourself. I'm your host, fellow working mom and founder of Your Life Rocks, Jenny Stemmerman. Each week, I'll bring you practical, real-life tips to help you focus on the things that matter most in life and be the best version of yourself in every area that God has called you to. Ready to redefine what balance looks like for you and your life? Let's go. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited for you to be here today as we continue our Holiday Sanity series. Now, if you've not yet taken the Holiday Sanity planning course, it is absolutely free to you. You can go to HolidaySanity.com or you can find it right under the courses section inside the Your Life Rocks app. It is a planning resource all about helping you stay sane this holiday season. And it is certainly a different holiday season with the pandemic and everything else that's happening right now in our world. And inside of our Facebook community, there's been a little bit of chatter on how do we really support our kids during this time, because it is such a different holiday season, but we still want it to be special. We want it to be meaningful. We have our holiday traditions, some of which might be interrupted this year, and we really just want to make the best of it that we can. And so today I am joined by a very special guest where we're talking about how we can really handle this change for our kids and for ourselves and really lead our family in a positive, great way this holiday season. Now, I also wanted to tell you about a recent YouTube video that I did where I kind of did a different take on an advent calendar, something to kind of bring some excitement and experience into my kids' lives for the month of December. And so I walk you through step-by-step on how I kind of created it, but it's really about helping to bring some light and joy for our kids. Even though most of the traditions that we normally do are kind of out the window this year, we still wanted to make it special. And so I'm sharing with you kind of what we did in that YouTube video. I will link to that in the show descriptions for this podcast, but you can go to yourliferocks.com forward slash YouTube. Make sure you subscribe because we do have new videos coming out every single Thursday and all of our podcast episodes are there too. They go live on Tuesdays and they are put into these playlists. So you can kind of find a playlist for your faith and listen to all of our past episodes that have to do with faith or marriage or parenting or whatever it is for you. We even have one for holiday sanity because this is like, I think our fourth year, fifth year, I can't remember, of doing holiday sanity. So we have some really great interviews from years past and you can find them all right there. Now, today I am joined by a very special guest. She's been on the show before. Her name is Erin Slutsky, and she is a coach, and she specializes in helping busy moms be the best mom that they can be. Now, she has studied the Enneagram, and so that's a big part of what she does in her coaching practice is helping other women understand themselves through the Enneagram and how they can maybe make adjustments to the way they show up based on what they know about themselves. Now, you can learn more about Erin by going to erinsletskycoaching.com, and we will link to that in the show notes as well. I hope you enjoy this conversation as we talk about the ways that we as moms can show up this holiday season to make it the best yet and what we can really do for our kids and managing some of the changes that we're going through, given that it is the holiday season. I hope you enjoy this interview. So let's get to it. Erin, welcome back to the Redefining Balance podcast. I am so excited to have you back on today because this is a hot topic that we're going to be talking about as far as how we deal with the stress and anxiety of the Christmas season and our kids and expectations and all of that stuff. And I know that you have a ton of information to share and we are all just 
waiting on the edge of our seat to hear what you have to say on this topic. But before we get into all of that, share with our listeners who maybe haven't heard you on previous episodes a little bit more about who you are. Jenny, it is so great to be back. I am so excited to share with your audience about how to survive this holiday season in a pandemic. This is a first for all of us. I don't know about you, but here in the Midwest where I'm based, it's starting to increase again. So when we look into the holidays, our anxiety increases too, doesn't it? I am, like I said, based in the Midwest. I'm right between Chicago and Milwaukee, two amazing cities right on Lake Michigan. And I am entering that season of leaving, my kids are leaving the nest. I have four beautiful daughters, two are gone, two are still here. And I came to a point where I was asking myself, who am I? What is my purpose? How can I use all of my experience mentoring and leading women for over 20 years, my nursing background and my knowledge of the Enneagram? And I've put that together to create this wonderful resource for working moms, single moms, any kind of woman who is looking and asking those same questions, who am I really? How have I been created in a unique way and and get to know and love myself better? So I've been studying the Enneagram for a few years and it has helped me understand my own personality, my own purpose. And I want to share that with others. I love that. And one of the things I really love too, Erin, is that with your vast background that you have in nursing and caring for others and being a mom, I mean, I think that one of the things that I love about your perspective is that you are a natural observer of people and an observer of things. And so it brings so much clarity once you have observed that and you've seen kind of those repeating patterns and the results of those patterns and those actions and just to be able to shine some likes. I know some people are like super into Enneagram. Some people are like, I don't really know about Enneagram. But however you kind of sit with the Enneagram, I think that your perspective on observation of people and what they do and how they react, that knowledge is so valuable. And I think that that's what we all need right now because we haven't ever gone through a pandemic like we are right now, especially during the holidays. It's a very unique time with everything that's going on in the world. But there are repeating patterns of stress and how we react under stress and changes and how we react under changes. And so that's why I'm so excited to have you on today to learn from you so that we can kind of look at ourselves and say, okay, how can I show up as the best mom this holiday season? And not to put all of the pressure on us. I was thinking about this yesterday as I was driving home from work. I feel like that there's so much pressure on moms all of the time for all kinds of things because we're like the the organizers and the the doers and you know we make things happen like christmas decorations in our house the festivities like we're the ones who plan all that stuff and just make it happen and so there's almost an added pressure this year of like okay so what are you going to do as a mom to still make it amazing given all of these obstacles that are in your way what are your thoughts on that on the pressures that that we might be feeling right now Yeah, I think the pressure is pretty high. I don't know about you, but I feel like I almost have to compensate for what might be lacking. Yeah, definitely. Another thing this whole um, pandemic has taught me is to be grateful for what you already have and not wish for something else and not look to 
compensate or to fill in those gaps that you sense are missing with outside things, with extra experiences, extra gifts this season, extra. I have learned to just settle down and dig in deep into my family time, into my home, into my relationships that I have and find that satisfaction there and and creating a deeper relationship with the people we love and with our God. I love that so much. I think that you hit the nail right on the head is that we do have this natural inclination. And do you think that that is for all, like everybody, regardless of where you are on the Enneagram, that we want to like overcompensate? Absolutely. I would like to hear someone who doesn't feel that right now. <laughs> Looks different. It, it'll look different for each person. So I would just encourage y'all to examine and, and do that self-reflection and become more self-aware of where you feel triggered to do that and what you can learn from that and what you can find meaning from instead of trying to compensate. Yeah. I think that's so great. So for those who maybe have heard the word Enneagram, or maybe they haven't ever heard the word Enneagram, share with us a little bit about what that is and and kind of how you use it in the coaching that you do with moms. Mm-hmm. Enneagram, Ennea meaning nine, gram meaning like a diagram. So there's nine points on this Enneagram diagram, and each point represents a worldview or the way we see and move throughout the world. It helps us determine what we think and feel and act. It helps us with our own self-development and self-awareness. It will help you with relationship building, conflict resolution. It increases our motivation when we know why we're doing something. It will help us stay on track. It'll improve communication. It'll reduce conflict. And especially during this season, if we know ourselves well, we can create a place of empathy and acceptance for others and ensure that other people feel seen and heard and valued. I love this. Okay, so how does the Enneagram point back to Jesus? Well, if you think about Jesus and how He came alongside people regardless of their background, and he accepted them and showed them love. And he set that example of how we are to love our neighbor, right? And how we are to love God. That's one thing we can take away from the Enneagram is learning about other people and how they see the world and accepting them and loving them. It has also taught me personally, I feel like I know God better because I know myself better. I mean, I've been created in his image, right? And the more I can learn about myself, and we're complex, right? We are not Mm -hmm. just a number. There's many layers to us because there's many layers to God. And so I have experienced personally that deepening knowing of who Jesus is and who I am in his sight. That's so great. You know, I was reading this morning in the book of Romans and it was talking about loving our neighbor and and really talking about loving our neighbor when they're different than us. And, you know, even other Christians that are different than us or might believe different things um, or interpret the word of God in different ways and how we should still love on them in, in a different way. And I feel like the Enneagram is one of those things where it helps us to really 
kind of understand different people's perspective because I think our human nature is to kind of be like, oh, you're different than me. You're wrong. I'm right. Where mm. I feel like the Enneagram almost kind of positions us in a, in a different way so that we can open ourselves up in a, in a new way of thinking to be more loving towards our neighbors. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Because we're all created in God's image. So we're all on the same team. Mm-hmm. And so if we can come alongside one another and try to understand one another and their, you know, each other's perspectives, what a peaceful world we could live in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this is where I this where I kind of want to go with this conversation is because I know we've talked before and we can't type our kids, like meaning putting them on the Enneagram scale. But I feel like as a mom, that's the way that I want to be able to love them this holiday season is to be able to understand what their love language is, how they're interpreting everything that's going on in the world right now and how I can overcompensate in a way that makes sense for them. Because I don't think I'm going to be able to just not overcompensate. Like I know it's, we shouldn't, but like, I I just know in my own nature, I'm going to be fighting against that. And I don't want to be fighting myself. So if I, if I can put different boundaries around allowing myself to overcompensate in intentional ways, I feel a little bit better about that. You're right. I don't encourage us to type our children, but we can see a lot. We can see how they move in the world. Are they that adventurous kid that climbs the tree to the top? Or are they the one that is totally content sitting in the corner with a book? Hmm. Pay attention to what brings your kids happiness and respond to that rather than us feeling a need to, sometimes we, like you've mentioned the love languages, we love other people the way we feel loved. It's hard not to do that. (laughs) Especially during the season, we can really make an effort say, okay, how does Joey feel loved? What gets him excited? What is he totally into? And move towards that rather than, oh, he could probably use, you know, this fancy video game. Well, maybe he's a book kid, you know, or Sally, she is 12 years old and starting to experiment with makeup. Let's get into that. I may not be okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, teaching her how to apply it well. So it brings out her natural features rather than creating something that she isn't. So there's there's a lot we can do, but I think it starts with ourselves and knowing how we see the world and being confident and loving ourselves first. And you kind of break this down into what you call three centers of intelligence. So kind of walk us through what that looks like. What does that mean? How can we kind of break that down a little bit more? So when I talk about three centers of intelligence, I'm just talking about how we filter our world first. And there's three different centers. There's the gut center or the instinct, the feelings or heart center, and the thought center, our minds. And each triad there has three different Enneagram types within that. The gut center, the instincts, they lead with their instincts, but they struggle with control. They feel like they need autonomy and sometimes their anger shows. These would be the Enneagram numbers eight, nine, and one. And they all try to find control either externally, internally, or both. The heart or the feeling center 
are the Enneagram numbers two, three, and four. And they struggle with identity. And a lot of times they're trying to attach themselves to something that gives them that sense of identity. They want to be liked. And so they do different things for it. And their main emotion is sadness or grief. And then the thoughtful or the people who do a lot of thinking, they struggle with security. They need to feel safe because their main emotion is fear. And so where they find that security is either outside in the world or sometimes it's inside and they protect themselves and sometimes it's both. And those are the Enneagram numbers five, six, and seven. The thing I love about the way that you've break this down into the three centers of intelligence is because without taking like the full Enneagram test, like you can kind of figure out, like, would you say it's kind of like fear, sadness, or anger? It's kind of like the... Correct. Yeah. 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 And I think that we can all identify like what we naturally go to. I know as you were kind of talking through, I was thinking about my husband, about my best friend and where I am personally between those three pieces on kind of where that is. And I think that that really does open things up to allow us to better understand the people around us. Right. I wasn't sure if you wanted to go through each Enneagram number and talk about things that trigger us to feel insecure or feel that anxiety or feel that anger or feel that, especially with the holidays, our expectations are pretty high and expectations lead to disappointment. I don't know if you've ever heard this quote about how expectations can be premeditated resentments. Ooh, can you say that again? Expectations are premeditated resentments. We're setting ourselves up to be disappointed when we're expecting the holiday season to be just like this and you have gifts under the tree and your kids tear open the the packages and 10 minutes later, everyone's done, right? Toys are all over the place. You're not even playing with them and you're disappointed because you spent so much time and money and thought going into each gift, trying to create that happy feeling and and, um, making sure that your children are feeling loved and it falls empty. Well, rather than going through each of the Enneagram, I mean, I would love to be able to link to something so people can kind of better understand where they are and, and what that number represents. But I'd really love to have the conversation. So like you were saying, with opening presents and, you know, that expectation, I love what you said about expectations, because I think that that is, that's the biggest trap for us as moms, right? Is the expectations that we lay before us. I always say stress is the tension between expectation and reality. And Mm -hmm. what I would love to talk about is how we manage the expectations for our kids. Because I know for myself, if I'm feeling a little bit like, ooh, they didn't really like what I did, or, you know, that's something for me to deal with. But right now, with everything going on in this world, I'm really concerned about my kids and their expectations around things. Because I feel like I am equipped enough to be able to deal with any expectations that are lacking for myself. Mm. Meaning like, you know, if if I feel a little bit bummed, I'm going to feel a little bit bummed. You know, if, if they open their presents and they're not as enthralled with them as I think that they should be because honestly, that probably happens about every year where I'm like, this is going to be the perfect gift. And then they open it and they're like, cool. And they shove it aside. And I'm like, what? That was like the most amazing thing ever. But for my kids, I feel like this year, 
and I've heard people say like, kids just need to learn to be resilient and you know, it's fine. But I know I see it in my kids where they are, the stress is getting to them. There's hard to hope for, you know, something to look forward to and to have that excitement or to have just general hope, you know, and, and know that something good is coming. And that's kind of the, the main thing that I want to focus in on is how do we as moms support our kids around some of those expectations maybe not being met? Yeah, I, I would definitely echo your observation about resilience. Our children are learning so much right now. We're not going to see it quite yet, but our children are learning from being quarantined or having to do virtual school or not being able to go for a play date as much as they used to. But what they're learning now, we have to remember, it is building something in them to prepare them for future things. As moms, we are teaching them how we're handling all this as well. One thing I love about forgiveness and about being able to receive forgiveness from God is we can extend that to our kids too and ask for it. I'm sorry, Susie, that this Christmas isn't like the other Christmases, but you know what's special? And pointing out to them what you are seeing is special and maybe apologizing for getting your own hopes up and trying to make things a bigger deal than they are. I think now is the time we can be open and honest with our children and lead by example of what it looks like to be resilient and to be grateful. Let's kind of bring it back into the head, heart, and gut because, you know, I'm thinking about my kids and I'm thinking about, okay, so we don't want to type the kids, but if I'm looking at those different reactions of fear anger, sadness, and I'm thinking about an expectation not being met and what they might exude with that. Mm -hmm. Is there a way of kind of being proactive Mm -hmm. given the different types on what we can do for those expectations? You know, it truly is the most wonderful time of year. Until we start to run out of time, we feel very stressed and there's just way too much on our plate to ever get everything done that we want to. And then we feel guilty about it. Am I right? Moms, it does not have to be this way. This is why I created the Holiday Sanity Course. Not only will you learn the four steps of planning the greatest holiday ever that is simple, doable, and less stress. Total Holiday Sanity. You can get it for free by going to HolidaySanity.com or if you already have the Your Life Rocks app, you can find it in there under Courses. You don't yet have the app? Go to your app store right now and search Your Life Rocks. Or you can go to yourliferocks.com forward slash Apple or yourliferocks.com forward slash Google and find the link directly to your app store and download it for free today. Is there a way of kind of being proactive Mm -hmm. given the different types on what we can do for those expectations? Right. If we can, you know, just observe our children and say you have three different children, one tends to get angry really easily and you can tell that they're angry, you can, you can prepare for that and coach them through, because parents are coaches too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Through those feelings. And it's okay to feel angry, especially if there's an injustice, right? Some kids feel angry inside and they beat themselves up 
and it's hard to identify sometimes. So being a student of your child is key. Other ones feel just sad and maybe lonely. They're just maybe pouting. We can identify that and meet their need by helping them identify that sadness. And it's okay to feel sad. This is a sad time that we're missing. We feel like we're missing out on something or that things are just different and we don't like it. It's okay to accept those feelings. And then those kids who are just scared, they're fearful. It might show out, show externally as anger sometimes, but some kids are just a little more fearful. They don't feel safe out there. They don't even want to go to school. They don't want to go to the store with a mask on. And you can see that. Pay attention to that and respond to that and say, it's okay. This is kind of scary because it's all new and we don't know exactly what's going on. Come alongside them and just acknowledge their feelings of fear or anger or sadness and teach them where they can find that sense of safety and remind them of who they are and that they're loved and remind them that they don't have to feel like they need to be in control, that God is in control. I love that. Those last three things that you said, I can definitely see how the different types of personalities would kind of pick up on all of them. And since we can't really type our kids, kind of doing all of them. <laughs> I, I hate being like, yeah, you should just do all of the things. But really, I mean, it's so simple, the things that you said. It's not like it's a ton of work to reassure our kids in those way and letting them know you don't have to control this. God is the one who's in control. And regardless of what he does with it, it will be for good because that's the promises that he's given us, that he will do all things for our good. Um, and I think that that's a hard thing to remember right now when we're in a position where it's not what we would choose, right? It's not the way that we would have the world be right now, but we know that God's in control. I mean, I think we know that in our head, but it's hard to know that in our everyday actions and in our thoughts and, you know, when we're, when we're interpreting everything that's going on around us. And I think that I know for me, my kids are a little bit older. They're 15 and 11, but really being honest with them about how I'm processing things and how I'm turning to God and the verses that are giving me comfort right now and the promises that are in the word, because I wasn't raised a Christian, like my boys are being raised a Christian, but they also don't know the scripture like I know the scripture. And so I think it's important for us as moms to be able to point out the scripture so that they can see. It's not just me being like, oh, everything's going to be okay. It's fine, you know, and, and mom being mom. But it really is based on truth, especially for those kids that are in that headspace so that there's almost like an evidence that you're pointing to. Absolutely. And that's why I'm so in support of moms investing in themselves so they can deal with their stuff, which will help them deal with their kids' stuff. If we are scared, which is totally you know, justified these days, we might be feeding some of that into our kids. We got to be careful. We have to deal with our own fears and angers and sadness through this so we can help our kids. Yeah, absolutely. I know for me, I'm in the gut realm. <laughs> I'm a I'm a nine one kind of person. And and so my anger with things, I notice that my kids have been extra responsive to my anger and not the ways that I want them to be. Um, and so I think that that is an important thing, like you said, for us to to understand the reflection of our own behavior 
towards our kids. So when we're talking specifically about the holidays and thinking back to those three centers of intelligence, and we're thinking about those expectations, what tips do you have for us on how we can kind of navigate that to keep ourselves like in a neutral zone so that we're not projecting it onto our kids? I think we need to be able to identify what triggers that in us. We need to know what type of situation or thoughts that we have that lead us down that path. We need to acknowledge that. We need to confess that if it's sinful and and leading us astray. We also need to learn strategies to combat that because we can't control everything that comes into our our world, right? We can't control a pandemic, but we can know ourselves well enough to know when we're being triggered by something. And like you said, you're if you're a nine, that anger comes in, it's kind of sideways. It's a mm-hmm. passive thing. And yep. your kids being a little bit older, they can they know that. They've been around that long enough where they can identify that. I know one thing, especially with you know middle school, high school age kids, I invited my children to let me know when I'm doing that. Let me know when I'm out of line and help me be accountable. It helps the relationship with you and your kids. And it gives you some extra accountability, especially if we're spending a lot of time together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I do think it's important that you have, that you recognize, I know just speaking for myself and kind of in that gut realm of, you know, anger being the thing is understanding what those triggers are and then having accountability because they know that's not how I want to show up. And I I know that's not how I want to show up, but it is my natural tendency. And so I do need to have those buffers. Now, what about the heart-centered people? So how how can they kind of manage how that comes out for them? Right. So the heart-centered triad is they lead with their feelings. And they could be any kind of feelings, but they're big feelings. The twos, threes, and fours, the twos have deep feelings with relationships. And the threes have huge feelings, but they tend to stuff them. And the fours are, you know that they're emotional. (laughs) (laughs) And so keeping those in check and, and asking yourself questions like, what am I feeling right now? Am I feeling sad? Am I feeling scared? Getting in touch with those feelings and then communicating that with your children. You know, mommy's a little scared right now. And it's okay because I can talk to Jesus about that and he can hear me. So setting in that example of acknowledging your feelings and teaching them what to do with them. Now, how much should we watch the words that we're saying? Because obviously we want this to be, you know, how we can really help our kids. And I'm just thinking about the two threes and fours out there that that heart center and when you mentioned you know twos missing like people and thinking you know there might this might be a christmas or a thanksgiving or a holiday season without seeing some of the people that are really important to you and so how how much should we be vocalizing those feelings to our kids versus not vocalizing those feelings towards our kids because i know especially like in the the political season that we just came out of, you know, my husband and I, we've had to been very careful about the words that we use and the, and the way that we talk about things, because I want to make sure my kids 
you know, they're kind of parrots, right? They just, and sponges, they just absorb things without the full context. And so we wanted to make sure that we were very careful that we weren't creating a worldview for them that was unhealthy. And I think the same thing is true around some of these issues around the holidays, right? Of not being able to see people or being fearful of the of the pandemic or whatever that might be coming out as big feelings. How much should we be careful about the words we use versus being very transparent and walking our kids through it? What's that balance look like? Yeah, I think it depends on the age of your kids, their maturity level. And I think it depends on how you want to, you know, run your family. There is a lot of escalated emotions with the political climate and the holidays thrown in there on top of a pandemic. Especially for younger kids, they hear everything. They see everything. They just don't know what to do with it. And so hopefully you'll have opportunities to have some time alone to struggle and and wrestle through those emotions. So when you do come out of your you know, closet, your bedroom or whatever, that you're able to somewhat, you know, have a buffer because they don't need to see everything. They don't hear all the words you want to say. So getting that out in your prayer closet in, you know, with maybe, you know, with your spouse, with a friend and venting a little bit, it's so helpful because then you can think about how you want to present your feelings to your children. And even as teenagers too, they don't need to see all your stuff. Yeah. So do you recommend then for those people that are in that heart center, those two, threes, and fours, to maybe proactively be thinking about scheduling a little bit more like private time (laughs) to journal and pray and kind of work through those feelings so that they can be intentional with that around their kids? Absolutely. Yeah. Journaling is huge because it's like you're thinking and, and talking on paper and you've got it and you can process it. If Especially if you're not able to meet with other people, it's a really healthy way to process those feelings so you can come out on the other side a little more clear-headed and be able to articulate to your children what you're feeling. I love it. All right. So the last one is the head. So the the facts, the knowledge, the ones that kind of show up with with fearful natures, what can they kind of expect or manage expectations going into the holidays? Again, journaling is really helpful for this. You can get all your thoughts out on paper and process those things. The thoughts that are spinning through your mind can be slowed down and put on paper when you're journaling. And I would strongly encourage limiting your social media intake. It will make a huge difference in what your intake is of information, of fear of the marketing that's out there trying to stir up thoughts that may not be true and get yourself grounded in the word, get yourself grounded more in what is going on right in front of you instead of looking outside of you to determine what your your thoughts are. And that can be so hard because, and maybe it's just, a, maybe it's not so hard now that I'm like thinking about it in my head, but uh, we're talking about people who are generally craving information and wanting to take in that information, but really being selective about the information that you take in, knowing that every information you take in is going to influence you in one way, shape or another, but really understanding that and being very picky about what you do allow in, really it's about replacing that with different information. Because I, I 
I'm not in that headspace. I'm not a five, six or seven, but I do know people that are. And I know that for them, they need information. Like they can't make a decision without more information. You know what I mean? Like it's so to be able to flip that off, I think would be very difficult. Right. And that's the key being selective. If you're going to be on social media, who are you following? If you're going to shop online, where are you going to shop? And your emails, get rid of unsubscribe, all that junk mail that's trying to sell you something. And the marketing that's out there that's creating fear is at a high this time of year. And so, yeah, limiting and being selective. I love that. And just thinking, you know, through one of my kids is definitely in that headspace. And so I'm thinking through like, okay, what information can I be providing as a mom that's going to influence him in a way that's not going to result in being fearful? Things that provide security and reassurance and, you know, all of those things, I think is important because, you know, it's interesting. We, we were reading the Bible the other day and we were actually reading about Jesus's birth, about how shortly after Jesus was born, the king called to kill all of the the boys that were born, all of the babies, you know, and my son was like, oh my gosh, they're killing babies. And like, it really like kind of struck him. And I was like, yeah, that you never read that part of the Bible before. Like it just kind of, it was interesting to me, but it, it kind of got him in a different way, even though we were reading the Bible and not that I want to shield him from the word of God because it gave us a great opportunity to discuss things, but it made me like, I have to be really aware of the way that when I'm presenting information that I'm thinking about the way that he's going to absorb it and allowing the time for those extra conversations that he might need to better understand things. Right. You want to create an atmosphere where they can ask questions in a safe place, even of the Bible. That's a huge like light bulb that went on in his head. They're killing babies. It was real to him. He internalized that and was like, wait a minute what happened? That's not right. It's going to want him to read the rest of the story. Yeah. And it definitely was. But I'm always telling him like, you know, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling this, you can just go to the Bible. And then when he said that, I was like, oh gosh. And there's a lot of things in the Bible that are not exactly peaceful and, you know, reassuring. And so I was like, okay, we're, I'm going to need to think through this a little bit more. Well, yeah. And for example, this pandemic, people back then had plagues, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And what happened on the other end of it? How did they get through that? Where was their faith before, during, and after? So it's just another example of how we can do the same thing. I love it. I love it. Well, Erin, this has been such a great conversation about helping us to kind of prepare ourselves to prepare our kids for the holiday season in a different way that's not just the activities on the calendar and, you know, all of that. So I thank you so much. Now, if people are wanting to learn more about the Enneagram, if they're wanting to learn more about how you can really walk alongside them as a mom to learn more about who they are so that they can show up to be the best mom possible, where can they do that? They can go to erinsletskycoaching.com and I'm on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube as well. Um, I have lots of Enneagram teaching on my YouTube channel. And in January, so you might want to put this on your Christmas list, I have a group coaching experience starting called Rediscovering Me. And we as moms especially sometimes forget who we are. And so I walk you through searching 
finding, knowing, and loving yourself using the Enneagram as our guide. And I'm hoping to have, like we were talking about the triads, three different groups that will be combining the similar Enneagram types. So there's something about talking with someone that knows you in a way that no one else does because you're speaking their language. You see things the same way you do. So there's this bond that has happened in my previous groups. But in January, look for that. And for your listeners, I'm going to throw in a one-on-one coaching session as well as a free Enneagram test. That's amazing. So is there a particular link that they need to go to or just mention that they heard it on the show? Yeah, just go to erinsleskycoaching.com. And if you mention this podcast, I will throw that in for you. And I would look forward to um, working with you in January. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your generosity, Erin, and doing that for our listeners. Really, it's incredible. And for all of your generosity of sharing your wisdom on the show today, I know it's going to bless many moms as they're preparing white knuckling, almost going into this holiday season, trying to make it the best that they can be. So thank you so much for everything that you do. It's always great to be here, Jenny. Thanks. Hey, just because the episode's over doesn't mean we have to stop hanging out. Head on over to Instagram and follow me there. You can find me at your.life.rocks. Or if you're more of a Facebook kind of girl, join our community of working Christian moms just like you. You can search Your Life Rocks over on Facebook and connect with us there. And if you're ready to truly create lasting balance and get results in your life, maybe it's time for you to join Life Balance Membership. Download the Your Life Rocks app in iTunes or in Google Play. You can upgrade to the membership right inside the app. And if you're looking for more resources to help you create more balance, head on over to yourliferocks.com.